0: Welcome to the Shine Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Kunarian, and I am so grateful that you are here. I'm a wife, mother of three boys, certified massage therapist, and an alcohol-free sobriety coach who helps driven women break through their alcohol dependency without the traditional 12-step program. Each week I will bring you inspiring guests with a focus on mindset, health, and spirituality, providing you the tips and tools to help you create unshakable confidence, clarity, and energy so you can unleash your creative potential and live the life of your dreams alcohol-free. So tune in for some fun, and if you are ready to shine, welcome! Hello, beautiful listeners. I have some exhilarating news that I'm thrilled to share with you all. Are you ready to ignite that inner spark of confidence and embrace a life brimming with vitality? Whether you're pondering a life without alcohol, taking those first empowering steps into sobriety, or looking for rejuvenation post-alcohol, I have the perfect occasion lined up for you. So mark your calendars for September 25th at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time and prepare to dive into a transformative day with my revive and thrive academy this is the haven for incredible women just like you eager to rediscover and celebrate their true selves beyond the bottle and in honor of national recovery month this day promises to be nothing short of spectacular as always i will be right by your side cheering you on and guiding you every step of the way Now, for those tantalizing details and updates on what's in store, make sure you follow me on Instagram at shine underscore Gina Kunarian, or you can find me on Facebook. I promise you, you won't want to miss out on the buzz and behind the scenes peaks. Don't forget to check the show notes to find a link where you can follow me. We have a truly special guest with us, Sabrina Skiles, an author, advocate, and survivor joins us to shed light on her personal experience and the lessons she's learned about overcommitting, listening to our bodies, and finding strength in the face of adversity. She's penned an impactful book titled Read That Again, and today she's here to share her insights, her story, and her advice for anyone navigating challenges in their life. Whether you're seeking inspiration, guidance, or simply a fresh perspective, this episode promises to deliver. So without further ado, let's dive right in. welcome back to the shine within podcast i have here sabrina skiles And in A Courageous Move, Sabrina Scales documented her entire breast cancer journey in a series with Health Central titled Tales from the Chemo Chair. This intimate series shines a light on the challenges faced by a young mother under 45 navigating the turbulent waters of breast cancer diagnosis while caring for two children. Through Her Series, Sabrina strives to rise beyond being a mere statistic aiming to uplift and reassure others that they're not facing their battles in isolation. Beyond the personal journey, Sabrina actively channels her energy as a volunteer mentor for the National Psoriasis Foundation. She also is an accredited lemonista with, that's a cute word, with the Know Your Lemons Foundation, a title award awarded to Global Breast Health Educators pioneering virtual classes on breast health sabrina and fellow lemonistas break the barriers of cultural taboos literacy challenges and fears their efforts ensure everyone regardless of age gender or background has access to crucial breast health information for her unparalleled advocacy sabrina was lauded with the pm360 elite 2020 patient advocate award A salute to her excellence as an exceptional leader, innovator, transformer, and entrepreneur. Sabrina's uh, poignant writing has found a place in reputed platforms such as Self Magazine, She Knows, Everyday Health, Healthline, Health Central, and the Journal of Dermatology Nurse Association. As a testament to her indomitable spirit, she stands today as a breast cancer survivor gearing up to release, actually just came out in August, a book that promises to be a beacon of hope for women on similar (laughs) journeys. Thank you so much, Sabrina, for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Of course. And don't mind me if I'm stumbling upon words, because f- I've been fasting all day today. <laughs> so it's a awesome. fasting day for me. so I'm just like <laughs> It's always on Wednesdays too. And everyone's like, oh, she seems a little spacey. Well, you know, I sometimes I am spacey. I will admit that. But I am fasting today, so I guess I'm okay. extra spacey. <laughs> well, thanks again so much for joining me today. Um, I would love for you to share a little bit about yourself and your journey leading up to your diagnosis. Yeah, sure. Um, So I have been a health advocate
1: um, for the past 10 years. I originally started my health advocacy um, sharing about my chronic disease um, psoriasis, which is an autoimmune disease that I've had for over 20 years now. Um, So I started sharing my advocacy journey. And really, the whole point of me sharing my advocacy journey was to share that you don't really put Advocacy and managing um, a lifestyle fashionably in a stylish way together, and so I wanted to kind of bring that together. Um, so that's when I started my health advocacy and blogging about it, and getting involved with the National Psoriasis Foundation. Um, and that way, I was able to really just blend my love of fashion and um, managing a chronic disease. So I kind of carried that through for the next um, couple years. I started that I started out as the health advocacy journey managing psoriasis and talking about that in 2019 when I got my um, breast cancer diagnosis I was kind of at a loss Um, I had uh, no family history of breast cancer no uh, you know just like any cancer diagnosis it was a huge surprise. Um, I wish I could say that I did self breast exams, but I didn't, I didn't know a lot about um, just breast health in general. And we, I just didn't talk about it with my girlfriends. I wasn't, you know, it's the one-off things when you go to the OBGYN or you go to your gynecologist, have you done your breast exam? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I've done it. Not really knowing if you're doing it the right way. Um, So when I started after the diagnosis as a writer, I had all this energy that I needed to get out in a different way. And so I reached out to my editor and I said, Hey, look, life update. I got diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, I want to lend my voice to, to this because I felt alone as, um, a woman at age 35 getting diagnosed. And so I wanted to start to share my story and a big part of, bringing people into the the series that I did with Health Central and just being really open about it was that we just don't talk about breast health a lot, like at all. And um, I feel like sometimes it's taboo. Nobody really knows what to say or how to get the conversation going. And um, that was just a, that was a big um, push to why I wanted to share my experience um i want other women to be open about it i want us to feel like we're not alone um and now it's you know it's in the news everywhere young women being diagnosed with breast cancer um is on the rise people don't know why so it's that was a big reason i want i don't want this to be such a big um it shouldn't be um, why are we getting diagnosed? Like I want us to be a part of the conversation. um, and so that's how my advocacy journey started with breast cancer in
0: twenty nineteen, well, thanks so much for sharing now. was it difficult for you to share with your family and friends? like, hey, you know, I just found out like how how does one like tell everybody? you know, <laughs> at first, I didn't
1: want to tell anybody. um, I yeah, because once you tell everybody, then everything changes, obviously, and they start treating you differently. Um, but once I did start telling everybody, um, I actually, I didn't want to tell anybody in the very, very beginning. I wanted to make sure I knew, I knew what my di- diagnosis meant for me, what our surgery, what we decided to do about surgery options, chemo, and um, radiation, because those are the first things that people ask you about it. So I didn't want to be bombarded with all these questions. I wanted to make sure I was self-aware and self-knowledgeable about what the diagnosis meant for us and Mm -hmm. for me. And that's when I started to share, um, with my family
0: and friends. Yeah. I would probably do the same too, because it's just like, you want to know what's going on with you first, before you're able to like share any information on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I was just telling you that a couple of my friends are breast cancer survivors, and you're right. A lot of a lot of women don't really have their mammograms, uh, me included, to be honest with you. Uh, And now I I really need to go get mine done because I'm 42 years old, or I will be 42 in December. And like you said, it's occurring more and more. Women are just are are getting it, and I, I I know that my sister in law had passed away from it. My aunt recently just passed away from it, unfortunately, and so. It's like, they don't want to cry on the show. <laughs> well, not today, Gina, but thank you so much for bringing awareness to every woman out there because it is important. And I, I feel that we need to go to the doctor and have that examination because, you know, like you said, self breast examination, it doesn't necessarily work. You really need to go see a doctor a professional and get that done. And I, I need to, too, as well. Now, um, what are some of the, I guess, because you had chemo and I, I I always hear like horror stories with chemo what did you go through? Yeah. I'm just going to just say, uh, what did you go yeah. through? Because yeah, with especially with yeah. children, two young children.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, It was interesting going through chemo because there's a lot out there and the doctors will tell you like the medical jargon like this is what's going to happen but um what I really wanted to do is um I wanted to share what it was really like going through it so you hear a lot about um nausea and um uh and headaches and you're going to be tired but what people didn't tell me that what that I struggled with a lot was the mental health part of it mm-hmm. um Going through chemo, you're sitting in a chair for you know a few hours. You um, first, they want to give you a couple of pre meds to prevent nausea and um, and headaches. So you're sitting there getting the medication, and then the actual chemo drugs usually just take like maybe thirty to forty five minutes, depending on um, the chemo drug and the infusion center. It's, it uh, depends on the type of cancer you had, how old you are, it's so many factors go into it. And that's a big thing that I always tell women that I talk to is no, um, ask them how long your appointments are going to be, how long will these infusions take, um, just because it's easier to plan your day and You walk into this chemo infusion center, which I never knew that's what they were called, but you walk into these infusion centers, not knowing what's going to happen. And the unknown is so scary, obviously. So just having a conversation with your doctor, like what is the actual chemo appointment entail? And not just like high level stuff. Um, You know, make sure, you know, this is what's going to happen and possible side effects, um, so what really hit me with the side effects were the headaches, um, because you hear a lot about the nausea and the medication they give you for that, you know, it helps, but it was the headaches that really surprised me. And it was, there wasn't a lot I could do for that. And, um, I was just sitting there with like a pounding headache. Mm. Um, so I was just sitting there trying to deal with these headaches and nobody really talked about it. So for me, the, the thing that helped the most with the headaches was, um, drinking electrolyte water and, um, people, you know, they, they try to give you like ensure these protein drinks and like, I could not handle that stuff. So it's really important to be open with your nurse and with your doctor, letting them know, like, I can't, I can't handle this. What are some other options for me? So being open with your doctor to let them know these symptoms are lasting like past three days. Like what can we do to fix this? Um, So after the chemo, it was probably a good three or four hours. Um, And this seems to be after talking to several other um, women going through cancer, several other after talking to many other women going through cancer, um, the side effects really don't start hitting them until about day three after chemo. Mm -hmm. So, um, that was a, that was really interesting for me to know. I'm like, Oh yeah. People said on day three, four and five is like when I was out of commission. So like day one and two after chemo, I was like feeling like myself. I was great. I was like, what? going through chemo? No. But then on day three is when the fatigue started setting in, headaches, nausea, couldn't really do much. So um, it's really important to understand kind of um, the timeline of symptoms. And obviously it's going to be different for everybody, but just knowing that um, the side effects can really just hit you. um, Really day three is kind of be aware of that and understand that asking for help is going to be so crucial in recovery, um, and that was the big thing for me. Is just asking for help is um, what really helped me through um, through those times too.
0: Yes, thanks for clarifying because I always hear some stories, and you know, but everybody, like you said, everybody's mm-hmm. experience is different, and everybody's body is different. Mm-hmm. And then you'd really touched a good point on the mental and emotional well being um, in this mm-hmm. process because. I, I don't think is there anybody that you can actually talk to in the facility during the time that you're getting either chemo or just you know in general. I'm so glad you asked that. Yes, there is. Oh
1: so um, I had my chemo at two different um uh, hospitals because we were moving. So I had my um first round of chemo at a hospital and um, in Houston. And they offered mental health support so I could talk to a social worker that was there on staff, um, which was really, really helpful to hear. Um, and then at my other infusion center here in Colorado, they offered the same. Um, they have a social worker on staff. Um, but for me, after talking to the social worker and now talking to a therapist, um, there's so much benefit in talking to whoever you can find whether it be a social worker or mental health therapist um just because you need to talk about it um the mental game is as much is going to be af- affecting you as much as the physical aspects of it will too um and that's something i wish that somebody would have talked to me about before going into chemo is that I'm gonna need to talk about this. And I think that was a big part of me sharing my my experience on Instagram and um with Health Central because it was it was a way it was a therapeutic way of um just getting through it. And honestly, it was a way for me not to have to repeat myself anytime somebody was like, How are you doing? I'm like, you know what? It's on my Instagram, it's on my blog, go like I don't have the energy to tell you what I went through you could go do that um so uh talking to a therapist um was really helpful and there are therapists that specialize in cancer cancer survivorship and trauma and grief um so and a big thing for me was that my insurance was really helpful in finding those therapists so I just called my insurance and was like look I'm looking for a therapist that has this this and this um what do you have for me? And they literally emailed me a link to people in network who specialized in all these things. So your insurance is super helpful when it comes to things like that.
0: Yeah, because I was going to ask about resources. I said, where are the resources? But that's good to know if your insurance actually is helpful. Yes. <laughs> that's great. Since you've come out of breast cancer, what is your outlook on life now? You know, it's changed. <laughs> um.
1: You, you always hear the cliche, like if, um, going through a cancer diagnosis changes the way you live. And I, you know, I roll my eyes at that, but honestly it has, I have learned to let the little things go, mm-hmm. um, and not be so stressed out. Um, when my kids want to watch TV for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, um, when, uh, there's an argument with somebody in my life, um, it just, it doesn't matter. Um, For me, community is um, what life is about. I want to be surrounded by people who, one, want to spend time with me, um, who have helped me through my life, um, who helped me and my family through my life. Um, And I'm not going to waste my time on little things that don't matter. And that, and that's how I try to um, instill the values in my kids as well. I'm like, you know, life is, you know, like they say, life is short. It really is. But when you come to find what you value most in life, um, it makes life a lot sweeter.
0: It does. And then you also have a book that's out, just came out in just last month. Uh, It's uh, your memoir. Read that again. And that title is so intriguing. Can you share what the inspiration behind choosing that particular title? Yeah. So um, I, I wrote
1: the book, um, I as I I'd never try to title my pieces when before I write them, just because that's just how my writing process has worked over the years, and so I knew I didn't want to title this book until I was done with it, and so I was done with it, and I still didn't have a title of it, uh, for it, I had no idea what, it, what I wanted to call it. And so, um, I was talking with it, um, with my husband about it. I was like, I really don't know what to call this book. What do I do? And he, um, he had a friend who was a copywriter and she, and he was like, brainstorm with her, get on a call, brainstorm with her. That's what they do. They copyright, they, you know, taglines and titles and all this stuff. And so I, I had a brainstorm call with her. I sent her the introduction to my book and some writing samples And um, she came back with a whole list of really amazing titles. And then this title was in there, Um, read that again. And she was like, you say this a lot in a lot of your blog posts. And um, she's like, and I really love that you say that when it comes to really important things that you want the reader to read again. And I was like, oh, wow, I do. I guess I do. And I went through some of my pieces. I was like, And that's when it hit me, I was like, that's what the title of this book is supposed to be, because I want people to read that again, I want them to, to start this conversation and um, understand that, though this book is my narrative, the first half of it is my narrative, the story and how to talk to kids about cancer. A big part of this book is the resources that I share. Um, It's all the resources that helped me through my cancer diagnosis and the resources that I didn't even realize were out there and all the support groups. Um, There are support groups specifically for parents who have kids who are going through cancer. There's support groups, there's um, support groups for adolescents and um, young adults, which is technically categorized for anyone diagnosed at the age of 35, which I didn't realize was a thing. And that's, uh, that's huge. Um, and those are the resources that are in there. Um, and that was a big part of why I wanted to write the book is share my story, but also be the resource out there that I wanted when I was diagnosed.
0: Yes. Oh, I I want to get your book. <laughs> Yes. I'll yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> now, also throughout your, your memoir, you focus on the concept of like inspiration. Was there like a specific moment or realization during your journey that you felt would be crucial to share with the audience today? It's tough to
1: pick one point, but honestly, I'll share what was crucial in my sharing. My experience is when my editor was like, you know what? yes, like, of course, we want to help tell your story. And it was at that moment that I realized that my story can help somebody else. And that's, if anybody gets anything from this, it's that we all have a story to tell. And whether you think you're alone, or or you don't think anybody's going to want to hear your story. um, We do. Mm -hmm. Like, there's so many people out there that need to hear your story. And um, that was the crucial moment when I realized, wow, I can help other people by sharing my story. Yeah, it might be kind of messy. It might be really hard and overwhelming in parts, but sometimes talking to a stranger is a little easier than talking to (laughs) your your family. And that's um, totally
0: that was a big thing for me. Yes, I had something about talking to a stranger just makes things just more like simple, and it's crazy because like I mean I I was divorced because I was an ex-alcohol, I was a professional drinker before in my life, (laughs) not Mm -hmm. anymore. Tomorrow will be my six-year anniversary of sobriety with alcohol. Thank you, but yeah, but it reminded me of like. the, the mediator right there's a complete stranger talking <laughs> between the divorce you know like because my husband and I wouldn't talk to each other at the time and but there's always a mediator but I felt so comfortable talking to the mediator a complete stranger so definitely <laughs> strangers help strangers help <laughs> so um now I had told you that my aunt unfortunately did pass away from breast cancer just actually last less than a week ago now, if any of the listeners here that have a family member that is going through breast cancer or is like perhaps in hospice, what would what what type of support or what would you tell them? I would say instead of asking us what we need,
1: just tell us that you're going to be there at a certain time with groceries. You're going to be there at a certain time and just say, hey, we don't have to talk, but I'm going to be there. I will come by and clean your house. Um, I will come by and do the dirty dishes in your sink. Um, If they have kids, don't ask, what day can I take the kids? Just say, you know what? I'm going to come by. I'm going to take the kids um, because... We have so many decisions that we have to make um, medical wise, remembering to take our medication, eating um, appointments, all these things. And that's just like one last thing that I didn't want to have to deal with. And that was the thing that was the the most helpful, especially for my husband. He didn't have to think about when dinner, when he had to make dinner, um, just knowing that we had people saying, hey, I'm coming by to drop off dinner at this time. Um, Do you need help taking your trash to the sidewalk? I will be there at these times. So um, showing your support in that way. And also just saying, hey, I'm here to listen. Like, I know what you're going through sucks. That's what I wanted somebody to say is like, instead of somebody saying, oh, I'm sorry. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear you say, "God, that sucks. Like, what can we do about it? Like, what are next steps for you? Do you need help going to your appointment? That's what um, I was helpful for us as well.
0: Oh, yes. Because, you know, you kind of, like you said, the word cancer, everyone just is like, oh, they don't want to like talk about it. Everyone's yeah. like just kind of put it underneath the, the rug, you know? And it's like, no, you need to just be yourself. You know, it, it's just like me as an addict. <laughs> oh, she's an alcohol. Just say I freaking drink too much. I don't care. <laughs> I'm wasting my life, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just be mm-hmm. real. I love the vulnerability yeah. with everything. Mm-hmm. And so that's why, I mean, heck you, there's a series on your whole mm-hmm. treatment, you know? So, I mean, you're a good example. So thank you again, um, for bringing that vulnerability, because I think everyone's just very scared. They don't know how to talk and they don't know how to communicate. You know, I'm very blunt sometimes. Oh but, yeah, But I just I say do. it as it is. That's fine. Yeah, that's what we need. Yeah, totally. I just like, you know, I just be me. And I think the world is shifting as well, because people are finally becoming and being who they truly are you know I think during this Mm -hmm. pause over during the pandemic Mm -hmm. people are discovering their gifts people are discovering their passions people are discovering hobbies that they thought they would never be able to do but now they're like an expert in
1: (laughs) right and I think we've come to realize how important self-care is and how important it is to like take care of ourselves we're like we had a lot of time to be by ourselves so we're like I know this is going to be good for me or like nope that's that's a hell no. I'm not going to do that. So, I'm taking that off my list. So, I think it's important that we've we've come to realize that too. Oh, my goodness,
0: self-care is very important. And speaking about self-care, what did you do to practice self-care post recovery? Well,
1: <laughs> if um those who know me know that I love doing yoga, um and yoga was um I really, I got into yoga really during um, after I'm a big fitness, like running was always my thing, but I didn't think that I could run after chemo and I didn't have a lot of energy to do that. So I found that yoga was a really good balance. It helped me with my love of fitness and moving my body, but also it helps ground me when I felt like my life was out of control. It helped me understand that I had to be a little bit more patient Mm -hmm. And, um, I needed to make time for myself, but I also needed to move my body in a way that was going to be, um, helpful for me. Um, and so yoga was really helpful and honestly, just spending time, um, making sure I was spending time by myself. Uh, my morning is like my sacred time. And so even during chemo, I would wake up, a little bit before the kids, just so I could enjoy a cup of coffee by myself and just starting the day the way I wanted to start it versus somebody else was just really helpful for me.
0: Yes. We taking time for ourselves so important because when mom is feeling good, the whole household feels exactly. good. <laughs> You mom, know. A, mom and wife need to need to be you know taken care of and then like uh-huh. I said yeah everyone else is in a very in a good mood or happy because you set off that good energy oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yourself. and it's not being selfish it's you have to it's a priority it's like like it you brush is. your teeth you get up and you do your morning routine whatever that it is yeah. you know, that exactly. you prefer to do <laughs> yeah so um and also speaking about awareness and what what role does awareness actually play in your life as of today
1: i i mean it plays a really big part um if we aren't aware of how we're feeling if we aren't aware of our surroundings if we aren't aware of how we've made somebody feel then how are we going to live our life um we have to be aware of what we value We have to be aware of how we want to spend our time because if not, then what are we, what are we doing? (laughs) That um, awareness is a big part of um, living my life the way I want to live my life, but also really instilling that value in my kids, knowing like, hey, if that doesn't make you happy, don't do it. Mm -hmm. But um, just being aware of um, how we're feeling and and communicating Mm -hmm. and saying, hey, you know what? I am, I don't have a lot of energy right now. I, I think I'm going to have to pass on that. Um, a big thing for me is, is um, being aware of overcommitting, committing. And I have um, done that a lot. And so I've had to be really honest with myself and just say, you know what? I think I've overcommitted. I'm going to pass on this opportunity. So I think it's important to be aware so that we can see if we committed to the right thing and whether or not we're overcommitted. And it's okay to say no to some things.
0: Yes. I was just talking to somebody. I was used to be like a yes, ma'am. I used to say yes to everything. Mm -hmm. And then I, my health was just deteriorating, just deteriorating. And so I, I've learned to say no. (laughs) It's okay and to say do you feel good? Yeah. <laughs> I even tell my husband no sometimes. <gasps> oh, just kidding. <laughs> hey, I do too. I <laughs> can you massage because I'm a massage therapist too. Like I'm like I don't know, really because my back was hurting really that day, and I'm like oh, I don't <laughs> think I want to. Do that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, as far as advice for others, what would you say to someone who has just been diagnosed with breast cancer? I would say,
1: be patient. I would say, yes, it sucks right now. Um, but know that the hard days, even though they feel hard, they'll get easier. And know that there's so many resources out there. Um, And asking for help does not make you weak. It actually makes you stronger, because you know that you can't do it by yourself. Um, And just know that that we have time you don't have to feel rushed um and know that getting a second opinion is okay as well
0: absolutely even the third sometimes i hear too (laughs) i got four opinions on one three so it's fine (laughs) it's okay now where can people find your book and just follow you and find you so
1: um, I'm mostly on Instagram at Sabrina Skiles. Um, my book is sabrinaskiles.com slash read that again. Um, but you can also search it on Amazon. Just search read that again. And I am there. And yeah, that's where you can find me.
0: That's funny. Yeah, read that again. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Is there any last thoughts or anything else you like to share? Let's just
1: continue to talk about breast health and be, um, let's revitalize this conversation and disrupt this conversation because we need to talk about it and it's okay to talk about our breasts. We need to be an advocate for ourselves.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Sabrina. It was a pleasure meeting you and just keep being you and doing what you're doing. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. To my cherished listeners, from the very depths of my heart, thank you. Every single one of you who've showered me with those warm five-star reviews, your kindness shines so brightly. And if you haven't yet, know that your voice and support always matter. Your unwavering love has lifted us onto Feedspot's esteemed list of best women's sobriety podcasts. And it truly warms my heart. With immense love and care, I've created something for you as well. Introducing the Overcoming Challenges mini course, crafted especially with the intention to guide and support you through life's varied phases, because we all deserve gentle guidance as we navigate life's tides. Furthermore, I have two heartfelt gifts for our listener family. One is a seven-day challenge, a tender beginning for those curious about sobriety, and the other, a personal sharing from my journey, six-step blueprint to an alcohol-free life. This encapsulates the loving steps I took, I embraced beyond AA and the traditional 12 steps that have nurtured my own sobriety journey. To embrace these tokens of gratitude and love, simply text GIFT, that's G-I-F-T to 1855-649-6196. Again, that's G-I-F-T at 1855-649-6196. With all my love and deepest gratitude, I cherish each and every one of you.